um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We had that that song Cheesecake, which used to make the tent completely rock left to right. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And uh, tell us about after the Scary Cats. Who else did you play with after that? Uh, well, look, after the Scary Cats, um, I, I guess a real quick story in that um, I'd been in the, in the States for probably six or eight months or so. Um, got to play with a lot of great artists over there. Um, it's just a real um, cosmopolitan musical environment. It was just a fantastic um, way to get connected. Um, but I'd actually promised the Scary Cats I'd come back to Australia and play some shows here. Um, Black Stump, actually, being the one we were headlining that particular year. And at the same time, while I was in America, I had um, met with the Audio Adrenaline Boys, and um, they'd asked me to um, come out on their summer shows. And I sort of, I, I immediately said, absolutely, yeah, would love to, fantastic. Um, but I've got this small thing called a conscience, and I'd promised my old band that I'd come back to Australia and do some shows. Uh, in the back of my mind, I, I knew there may be a visa issue. So it was a bit of a, an integrity question at that point. I either stay in America and um, sort of breach my visa and go on tour with this band that I always wanted to tour with, <laughs> or I come back to Australia, do the shows, which I promised to do, and then reapply for a visa. So to cut a very long story short, I reapplied, and they wouldn't let me back in the country. So I had that awkward phone call where I had to ring up uh, the guys from the band and say, uh, audio, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't get out of the country. Um, but the uh, the best part about that is when I came back to Australia, I actually met my wife, whom we celebrated 20 years, married last month. Oh, congratulations, so, mate. So God had another plan in mind, hey? Yeah, look, it's probably been it's probably been the thing that I've learnt um, all along. It's that obedience is what makes... Um, it, what what makes us real Christians? It's easy to just to go along with the flow and and do what we want to do, but if we really want to um, be faithful Christians, then we have to actually obedient be obedient. Sometimes that's going to cost us. And so yeah, I I went absolutely. I don't regret a single day of it. I've got now have four beautiful children. Um, still play the drums a lot, and um, yeah, it's a big part of my life. Well, mate, it's good to hear about uh, a muso with integrity and uh, and a drummer with some brains too. It's good to hear, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how they make. Uh, you know how they tell whether the stage is level uh, when they're setting up the the stage. Tell me, they look at the bass player and check if the dribble's coming out of both sides. Oh, the bass player, nice, nice diversion. Yeah, I'm no, sure. No, no. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard all the muso jokes over the years. I won't go down that path. <laughs> no, it's all good. But um, uh, so, tell us a bit about your career after uh, drumming for all those years. Yeah, look, um, I guess when I came back from America, I sort of set up um, to be a recording drummer here in Australia, and um, um, sort of stepped out in faith in that, but. Um, I really didn't. It wasn't a financial thing. So I fell back on my trade, ironically. Thank you, Mum and Dad. Um, and I built a small business in in cabinet making, became quite successful, and um, we ended up doing quite well. But then God started chipping me on the shoulder again and saying, hey, Tony, have a look around. Not everyone's as fortunate as you. Not everyone has a job. Um, not everyone has all of these things and a, and a lovely family. And my heart really got turned towards children um, particularly children who were being abused and things like that. And I guess at that moment, God sort of had spoke to me and said, you know, I really want you to um, go back to university. Well, not back, actually go. Now, remember, I, I really did not like school at all. So as a mature age student, going back to uh, university to study psychology was a little bit daunting to me. 
But again, that's the obedience thing. And I went, you know what, God, it's not what I want. It's what you want. So I um, rocked on up there and said, hey, um, I don't know anything about uni. Where do I sort of sign up? And they go, well, you actually have to qualify. And I go, well, how do I do that? And they say, well, you've got till five o'clock today to send us, you know, these things. If you've got a trade, we can give you, you know, a leg in. And so that's how I got into uni. And I compressed my degree. I figured I would... Um, make it as difficult as possible for me. So I worked full-time, and I did five units a semester. And anyone who knows about uni, that's a lot. Um, and I finished it in two and a half years and graduated and stepped from that straight into child protection work. So that's what I did. Mate, it's good to see that uh, you're, you're a jack-of-all-trades. You've been involved in a lot of things. And, and you've recently uh, been tipping your hat at politics. Tell us about your career in politics. How did you get into that? Um, well, funny, it sort of stepped off the back of child protection, Um Getting in, working in child protection is obviously a very confronting field. Um, and what frustrated me the most was um, seeing how governments interacted um, with children and how their policies sort of played out and, um, and were working to in sometimes an advantage, other times a disadvantage. Um, I really, it really struck a chord with me. And when I tried to influence from the front, I'm a sort of a frontline person, go get my hands dirty, understand the problem, and then let's reverse engineer it back up to the top. But what I found in child protection and with government particularly is they don't work that way. They work from the top down, not the bottom up. So um, I started turning my, my eyes and ears towards politics um, of all things. Um, and very much just like when I started learning drums, drums is all about communication. I went, what tools do I need in order to communicate? So I very quickly went straight back to university and grabbed a few more um, qualifications and things like that to sort of equip me. Um, and then that saw me, um, I joined the Family First Party um, and soon became an executive director of the Queensland branch of that and um, ran in a local election to get my uh, my feet wet and then followed that up with um, an election, in uh, which was the most recent federal election um, up here in Fisher. So, yeah. And tell us about the issues that you are passionate about. Um, look, if you look at um, right across the board, um, you can't really go much past things like the cost of living, um, jobs, unemployment, and they sound very cliche and you hear them come out of the words of every single person. Um, there are some real significant, important issues for Christian people, particularly things like um, marriage and, and upholding um, the, the right to life and protections of um, humanity and life like that. But they are, they are a, um, a subsidiary of a whole cluster of other things that are really significant. If we can get people with a job and if we can keep them employed and if we can invest in the family unit and um, by and lowering some of the pressures like cost of living, then we can build healthy families. And if we have healthy families and healthy family units, um, then many of the other things uh, really just fall from that. So um, the issues for me are, are very much those ones that, a focus around the family unit, um, particularly children. Um, I have a very strong heart um, and protective um, sort of persona around children. So, yeah, there's a few there. It's good to see a young bloke like yourself so passionate and uh, so well-spoken uh, to uh, to stand up for righteousness in this nation. And we need to be praying for more um, people to stand up and, uh, you know, step into the, the political realm. So tell us a little bit about what you think the current climate is like in Australia. Uh, there's a lot of anti-Christian sentiment 
coming from parties like the Greens and from the media. Uh, it, it seems to be it's really just turned in the last couple of years. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Matt, you're, you're absolutely right. There has been a culture shift. Um, now, part of it comes from this, this ideology of separation of church and state, um, where um, people have sort of misinterpreted what that actually means. You know, the whole concept of, of a separation of church and state wasn't actually to remove godliness from politics or from Christian people speaking into those spaces or even having an opinion, for goodness sake. But what it was is to stop the state from meddling in churches and meddling in religion. Um, so from that perspective, we've got really a miscommunication about what church actually is and what it means in a society like this. Now, much of the government's real, real front-end work is delivered by Christian people. It's delivered by churches who often volunteer. Yes, they do receive grants at times, just like any other you know, non-government organisation. Particularly, churches have a heart there to help people without actually having a handout to be paid for it. Um, now, there are some left side of politics people who really are quite offended by that, the fact that Christians are in that space, because they perceive that wherever there are Christians, they're also trying to um, convert and save people. But like um, William Booth once said, you know, we need to be people. William Booth, obviously the founder of the Salvation Army, he said we need to be people who have our heart to God and our hand towards man. And that's sort of a position that I take. Um, I'm very much a practical person. I play drums. I use my hands. I build stuff with my hands. Um, and I do the same things in politics. I understand the issues from the very front, and then I work them back. And then I've had to sort of equip myself with some new skills, um, you know, I'm, I'm currently doing a Master's of Politics and Public Policy um, following my last Master's, which was in Business Management. And that came out of that frustration with um, lack of management in child protection. And I've got these new skills that I'm using in order to be able to talk a language that politicians can understand so that I can knock on the door of a senator or I can knock on the door of the prime minister and say, hey, we have an issue. This is what the people are asking for. This is what we need to do about it. And like you've articulated, there's a really important issue out there where Christians are being technically bashed up. They're being vilified because of the views that they hold, and that's discriminatory. And we need to all unite and actually stand up against that, not in, a, um, not in sort of a military manner, but actually from a heart perspective. We need to actually say, you know what? Um, yes, we are Christian. Get over it. And we're still going to love you, even if you hate us, but we're going to turn up week after week, time after time, and we're going to keep doing the job because we're obedient people, and that's what we do. Mate, it's good to hear your passion, and uh, you've obviously got a fire in, in your belly to uh, to speak up for the truth. And uh, obviously, as Christians, we want to speak the truth in love, and I can hear that in your voice as well. Uh, well, mate, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time today, and uh, we're praying that God blesses you and opens doors for you. Uh, if people want to find out more, the website is tonymore.info. And uh, Tony, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. 
You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians, and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.